So, as I said earlier, this day, 245 years ago, the United States claimed their independence from the British Empire. We decided we didn't want to drink tea as much. We didn't want our horses and buggies to be on the wrong side of the roads. So we, so we split ways, and we won our independence. And one of the things that this freedom has brought... Um, in this country are hotels. Hotels are great. I mean, really nice hotels are great. Bad hotels are really bad. They're creepy and they're, they're sometimes dangerous, but nice hotels are really nice. And I'm talking about this. I promise this related. I'm not, I'm not just making things up or talking nonsense. It, it's going to relate here to Independence Day and freedom in Christ. We'll get there. But by show of hands, how many of you guys like staying in hotels? Okay, okay. I know I really like staying in hotels because when I'm in a hotel, I get to be the king of my little room. Especially if it's a really a nice hotel, you know, one that has like a jacuzzi tub in the corner, one that has the nice robes and the, the white fluffy towels and the huge comfy mattress and the plump pillows and the plush comforter and there's a huge TV with a bunch of channels and how it's made. I can watch it all night long and, you know, if you're getting really fancy, there's even room service and not to mention there's a maid who comes and cleans up after you every day. You wake up in the morning, you go have fun and you come back and your room's all reset. It's great. And then, This king of my castle mentality, this king of this little room, leads me to do a lot of things that I wouldn't normally do at home in a hotel. For example, have you guys ever just used one of those really nice white fluffy towels? You you just use it once and you just throw it on the ground? This really nice white fluffy towel you just throw it on the ground like it's a used banana peel? You're like, I would not do that at home. I wouldn't just use my really nice towel once and throw it on the dirty ground, especially if it's white. That would be crazy. I know if I did that in my mom's house, I'd get in trouble. And at hotels, I run right into the room, and sometimes I just jump on the bed. I don't do that at home. I don't just run in my room and jump on the bed, but at a hotel, I'm in a different place. And you can even order room service. You can just sit on your bed, and people will roll food into your room. And when you're done, you just roll it out of your room. You don't even have to clean it up. It's great. You don't, have to, you don't have to wash your dirty dishes. You just put them out in the hallway. And if you want to sit in the hot tub for a little bit, and then you want to jump in the pool, and then back in the hot tub and jump in the pool, nobody's going to stop you. You can do that. You are the king of your room and in the pool area a little bit. There are some rules. But, but no matter how much fun a hotel is, no matter how many fun things you can do, after a while, you start to miss your home, right? You start to miss your friends, your family. You start to miss your bed and your pillows. You start to miss your fan that makes a little bumping noise every time it spins around. You miss those little things because that's your home. It's where you feel comfortable. It's where you're yourself. It's, it's the place you belong. You guys know what I'm talking about? For traveling is fun, vacation is fun. After a while, you just want to be home. The biggest difference between a hotel and your home, I think, is the way that you treat the place. Because when you're at a hotel, you're not staying there long term. It's not 
your place. You, you might pile up the trash so high that it's spilling out over the trash can. You might leave wrappers on the ground. You might leave with a giant pile of wet towels on the floor and a bed that's unmade and you turn the AC all the way cold because you're not paying for it. It's not your home. You don't have the same respect and care for it as you would something that you put your love and time into. And did you know that Jesus wants us to take the same level of care and comfort and love that we have for our home and apply that to Scripture? Yeah, Jesus says this exact same thing in one of the most popular Bible verses that have ever been. Turn with me to the book of John chapter 8. And we're going to see how making Scripture our home connects to Independence Day. Here in this verse. All of the pieces are going to come together. John chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 31. And when you read this, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I've definitely heard that before. I maybe even saw it at a college campus, like on a poster in a library or something like that. John chapter 8, verse 31 through 36. We're going to go ahead and read this. And we'll come back through it and dive into it a little deeper. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You've heard that before, right? The truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is that you say we will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who, is, who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So back in verse 31, Jesus says, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. So some translations say, if you abide in my word, instead if you continue, if you abide in my word. But that really isn't clear or helpful either, because we don't really use the word abide. Abide. The closest thing we probably think of in our modern terms is abode, as in a home. So the word for abide or continue, the Greek word here is meno. Meno. And meno means to lodge, to dwell, to rest, to settle, to exist in, to be permanent in. Or to put it simply, to make it your home. Right? So we talked about how we treat our homes and how we treat that differently than other places. So if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, the question you have to ask yourself is, do you treat Scripture like a hotel? Or do you treat it like your home? Are the words of God and His Son Jesus something you really think are fun for a short time, something that you use as a little getaway for a bit, or is scripture something that's your permanent residence? Is it the place where you feel comfortable, something that you take care of and invest in? Is it the place you long to be, the place you find rest in life, the place you want to return to? That's what it means to may know scripture, to abide in it. To live in Jesus' words. To make it your life. The very food that sustains you. So if you live in these words, and you make them the center of your world, you'll become 
a true disciple of Jesus. And if you become a true disciple of Jesus, then you will come to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus just placed a bunch of dominoes in a row, and he knocked them over. Right? So it's this chain effect. You live in the word. The word makes you a true disciple. A true disciple leads you to the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom is great, but what are we set free from? If you're asking yourself, the truth will set me free, that seems very ambiguous. I, I don't really know what that means. Well, you're not the only ones, because the Jews he was talking to thought the exact same thing. They asked him, hey, we, we aren't slaves. We're sons of Abraham. What do you mean we will be set free? What are you even talking about? You're not making any sense. The irony here, I think, is really funny. Because the Jewish people have a long history of being ruled over by foreigners and being enslaved by them. They were slaves in Egypt. They were slaves in the exile with Assyria and Babylon. And the very time that the Jews are talking to Jesus... They are ruled over by the Romans. So they're saying they're not slaves. Maybe in the obvious sense, they're not like, I don't wake up every morning and work on someone else's property for free. I'm not, I'm not a slave. But what Jesus says and what Jesus realizes is something that they don't. They are being enslaved in a different kind of way. In a way that's much less obvious and even bigger than Rome. We see that Jesus says those who commit sin are slaves to sin. That's the slavery he's talking about. And he sees that the very, very nature of humanity is ruled over by sin. That's what we studied last week, right? We talked about being an overcomer and how Jesus had victory over the world, over sin and death. And this world system which governs everything that we do, is ran by sin and death. And we are in the system, therefore we are slaves to the system. And Jesus talking to G, uh, the Jews talking to Jesus didn't see that. They didn't know what he was talking about. And if these Jews who grew up knowing God and studying the Old Testament could miss this fact, we can too. If they can miss the big picture, if we are vigilant, we can miss it too. And oftentimes, we think that we're free, that we're autonomous, that we are in control of what we do, that we can do and live however we want. Right? I'm my own person. No one's telling me what to do. I wake up every morning, I make my own decisions. I decide what I want for breakfast. I decide what I want for lunch. But when we're living in this world, we are slaves to sin. And you really aren't in control of your life as much as you think you are. Now, that's not a popular message. And that might even offend you to hear that, that you're a slave. That can offend you. And it offended the Jews when Jesus said it. But the very truth that offends us is the very truth that can lead us to freedom. Jesus said it this way, the truth will set us free. And when we think about Independence Day, what better concept there is there to think about than true freedom? 
So how does this truth that Jesus is laying out here set us free? Well, it kind of explains that in the very next verse. And we might not understand it when we first read it, but once we kind of think about it a little bit, oh yeah, it starts to make sense. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So every morning I woke up, when I, when I was a, a kid and a teager, teenager, every morning I woke up in my parents' house, I was not worried that it was going to be the last day I was welcomed there. Even now, if I needed to, I know that I could return home and there would be a place for me. Right? Why is that? It's because I'm a son. Parents out there, how many of you wake up every morning and think, hmm, maybe today is the day that I fire my kids. <laughs> that I kick them out. Now, <laughs> maybe that was a bad question. I know there's times that kids maybe drive you crazy and you want to break from them. But in your heart, you love your kids, right? Your kids are your kids. Your home is their home. Your couch is their couch. Your food is their food. But the same cannot be said of the slave. The slave is not a permanent member of the home. They do not partake in the inheritance of the family. They have no part in the estate. They don't have any say in what happens in the house. To get a better idea of this, in Jesus' time, slaves were a lot more like employees than the slavery that we would think of in early American history. Right? They were much more like indentured servants who work to pay off a debt. Okay, so they're, they're a lot more like employees than like taking people forcefully and forcing them to work for you. There were some of the slaves around, but much more often it was this kind of employed slavery where, hey, I, I need some money. Can I work for you as a loan? That kind of thing. So... This kind of indentured servant, this kind of employed slavery. So that means that sometimes it would just come to an end. When the debt was paid off, the slave would leave. Right? When, when everything was said and done, the slave parted ways with the person who was employing them. Or the slave could even be fired. Or they could buy their freedom and go their own way. What Jesus is saying here is that those who are slaves don't stay around. They leave eventually. And they don't enjoy the same status and permanence in the house of the father like a son does. The son has position and authority and power to make things happen. Whereas a slave has no position, authority, or power. So in the household, if Jesus is the son and he is the son, if he sets you free, then you're free. Because he's a son. He has power over the authority of the estate and over what is going on in that household. Have you guys ever seen those uh, TurboTax commercials where it says TurboTax is free, 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 right? And it just kept saying free. Well, that's what Jesus just said. Free indeed. It means truly 100% free. When the son says you're free, you're free, 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 free. Okay? There is no power or ruler or authority that's going to unfree you. You are 100% free. And it's not like you're free from just 
one portion of something, you're free from everything. It's not like you have power in just one little area. Now you have power over everything. You're 100% free. And here are the meat and potatoes for those of you who came hungry this morning. Seeing the world for what it truly is. Which is a world that is trapped in sin and death. And seeing Jesus for who he truly is. Which is a son. The king, Messiah, chosen by God. Who has been given authority over all the powers of this age and in the age to come. If you realize those two things. If you know that and believe that. It will set you free. Because Jesus offers us a position at the table with him. He offers us adoption as children into his family. And that family holds the authority and power over this world. And you can be a part of that family if you make scripture your home. If you reside with God and his teachings. If you sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him and learn what he says. So what we've come away with this morning is that to be truly free is actually to be truly dependent. So happy Independence Day. (laughs) Christianity knows that salvation does not come from any political system, cultural movement, the progress of man, a scientific method, or any lofty philosophies. It comes from the complete surrender and obedience and dedication to Jesus and the one true God who is Yahweh. So here are four questions I want you to consider this week. And if you can walk away from the sermon thinking about these questions, you'll be in a good spot for the rest of the week. Number one, do you abide in Scripture? Do you know? Do you live there? In other words, do you make God and Jesus your home? Is that the place you look forward to returning to every day? Or do you treat the words of the Bible like a hotel? Something that you only come to when you need them. Something that you do to treat yourself. Something that you do to make yourself feel good. Do you treat your commitment and your faith like a hotel? Do you just take advantage of the comfort and the perks when it's convenient for you, but when you're done, you just leave the wet towels on the floor and go back to where your true home is? Now, I want, I want you to be honest with yourself here. Do you live with Jesus and make him your home? Because if you don't, you cannot be a part of his household. Can you call yourself a true disciple who sits at the feet of Jesus, absorbing who he is and what he teaches? Number two, do you understand your position in this world? Now, I don't want to get too metaphysical or too philosophical here, but do you know where you stand? The Jews who were talking to Jesus didn't see where they stood. They thought they were free. They thought they were rulers over their own lives. They thought they were living the life that they were supposed to be living, but in reality, they were slaves. Slaves to sin and slaves to this world. So are you in a similar boat? Are you living for something else other than Jesus and God, thinking that you're the master of your life, thinking you've got everything going on? Do you think that you're free to do whatever you want because you're your own person? The truth is, 
We are all servants. But not everybody knows who they're serving. The world is a cruel master, and its payment is always death. So why not pick a good one? Pick a good master, the one who loves you, the one who wants to give you a seat at the table of God. To me, at least, that sounds much like a much more pleasant option than being a slave to sin. Amen. That's right, Chuck. Number three, do you want the truth? Do you actually want the truth? We didn't read this part, but just a few verses later in the next verses, the Jews who were listening to Jesus started to become extremely offended at his words. They didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say. They were fine with the the way things were. They didn't want to see that their lives needed to change. They didn't want Jesus to tell them the truth. Here's the problem with truth. Here's the problem with truth. It destroys our illusions. And sometimes we really like the world that we create around us, right? We like the view from the top of our house of cards. Everything is just particularly the way that we like it. We don't want anybody to come there and mess that up. But truth messes that up. Truth forces us to change. But if we're changing for the better, it's worth the pain of going through that process. So I'm asking you, do you want the truth? Or do you want to remain a slave? Number four, do you understand why this is good news? Do you understand that Jesus freeing us from this world, freeing us from lies, freeing us from the deception of this age is good news? It's hard to change our minds, and it's hard to change who we are. But if we change ourselves for the better, it's worth it, right? I'm going to say it again. It's worth it. The truth is that we can be free. This is pretty much the same thing that I said last week. And I said it this week. I'm going to say it again at some point. This is good news. We are free. And if we make God the center of our lives, if we make his son Jesus the center of our lives, then we will become children. And if we're children, we'll become partakers of God's household. His couches will be our couches. His food will be our food. His power will be our power. His protection becomes our protection. And his freedom becomes our freedom. Now that sounds like an Independence Day that I want to celebrate. Bring on the fireworks, bring on the barbecue, bring on the Coca-Cola, because we're going to throw a party when Jesus comes back. And it's going to be awesome. Because we are free, 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 free. 100% free. When we reside in Jesus There is no ruler or regime or government or spiritual power that is going to put us back into slavery. Because there's no power of this world that is greater than Jesus. Because God has given him all authority. All authority. Like I said, last week, this week, and I'm going to say it again soon, this is good news. Because we are free. 
Say that with me. We are free. Let's pray. God, I thank you for our freedom this morning. And I know that we don't live in a perfect country and a perfect world because this age is still broken. But I do pray that you bless the leaders of this country. That you help guide them in the ways of truth. But more importantly, I ask that you enlighten us to the truth so that our lives can be transformed, so that we can live as citizens of your kingdom the way that you desire for us to live. Take our independence so that we can be free. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.